Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development program that changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richardson. I want to welcome you to this week's message about the power of perfect love. I'm telling you, this is one of those series that will change everything about your whole life. It'll change everything about experiencing the life and power of God. And I am so jacked up about this. Man, we are getting so many positive testimonies and positive responses about this series. So be sure and dig in. And if you haven't listen to this whole series. There's a couple things you can do. Number one, you can go back and listen to all these free messages that we have on video here at impactministries.com or at uh, drjimrichards.com. They're both the same web, take you to the same website. And, uh, uh, you know, I'll have several messages on there, but we've also got an audio series that you can order that has material that's not on any of these messages that I'm putting on the website. And that's for people who want to take a deep dive and and really seeking for ways to apply this to your life in a more practical, practical way. All right, but let's jump into this. Today, we're going to be talking about loving like Jesus. You know, in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Now, Israel, listen to the statutes and the judgments, which I teach you to observe, that you may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord your God of our fathers is giving you. Now, Always keep in mind when you read these scriptures about Israel going in and possessing the land of Canaan, which is what we primarily call the promised land, uh, that is a type of what the new covenant believer does after they get born again. They come out of Egypt, they come out of the world system, they begin to follow God, they cross the Red Sea, they're baptized into the body of Christ. They go to Mount Sinai, they experience uh, the commandments of God being written on their heart with all the motives and the intentions that God originally had with the commandments, not the legalism that religion has attached to all the commandments. But uh, And then the, the promised land, or Canaan, represents entering into this realm that the Bible calls the kingdom of God. And it is in this realm where we have all our needs met. It is in this realm that we experience the protection and the provision of God. And so, so this is, you know, so many times we miss the typology of this. And the Apostle Paul refers to this as typology for the New Covenant believer more than once. The book of Hebrews refers to it. The book of Romans refers to it. The book of Corinthians refers to it. And it, and it is the model. It, it is the type. And I want you to understand something. You know, I know that we're living in a time when people just bash and trash the commandments of God. But the only reason a person would do that is because they have been convinced that somehow that the commandments of God are legalistic, that uh, uh, that they're outdated, that, that they have no value anymore. And, you know, most of us have been have been taught that. I'm telling you, uh, I was pretty much, well, I, actually, fortunately, I was in a good church. I, I didn't really get exposed to much of this. I did. Later on, when I got the charismatic move and when I got into other, you know, other aspects of, of Christianity. But the only thing that's bad about the law, let me say this, and the Bible is very clear about this. The only thing that's bad about the law is when it is misused, when it is used improperly, when it is not used to walk in love. Let me show you something 
so very interesting here. So he says, now Israel, listen to the statutes and the judgments, which I teach you to observe. Now, it's really interesting because these words statutes and judgments are two different words in the Hebrew, and they have two totally different meanings. So now they're both considered commandments, but they are not commandments that have the same purpose or the same goal or, or the same instruction given to them. And so, you know, sometimes people say, well, you know, man, I'll tell you the law. And I say, the law is bad. The law is negative. The law will get you in bondage. I'm like, well, which part of the law are you talking about? I mean, are you talking about the part where it says to walk in love, to not lie to each other, to not commit adultery, to not covet your neighbor's wife? Uh, you're telling me that if I if, if I avoid that stuff, like the Bible tells me to, you're telling me that that's going to get me in bondage? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, and people say, no, 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 no. That's all I'm saying. Well, what are you saying? Well, let's don't try to go too far in that because everybody means something different when they talk about this stuff. And usually people have good intentions, but they absolutely have no biblical concept of what they're talking about. The word statute and judgment are two different words. The word judgment here comes from the word mishpat. The word statutes comes from the word chukim. Now, interesting is this. We know this, that out of the Ten Commandments, we know that of the Ten Commandments, that eight of the Ten Commandments were all about how to relate to one another. So really, eight of the Ten Commandments are about how to walk in love, how we treat our fellow man. And then we have the other two commandments, the 20% of the commandments, that are about how to relate to God. Now, when you take the, when Israel came into the promised land, they were given a total of 613 commandments, which, you know, in Hebrew language, uh, 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 there's this thing called gematria. Some people call it numerology. It's really not numerology, but I understand what people mean when they use that terminology. But in, in Hebrew, there's this thing called gematria, where numbers become incredibly, incredibly important. But there are 613 uh, laws that are given uh, to rule an entire nation, every aspect of the economy of the nation, uh, 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 you know, about marriage, about raising kids, about about how to uh, how to have a moral, ethical nation, uh, the judicial system, everything about ruling the nation is comprised in 613 uh, commandments. Well, what's interesting is 613, the, you, the way you would reduce that number down would be six plus one, that's seven, plus three is 10. So then you have an equivalent to the 10 commandments. Now, what we understand is all 613 commandments are related to a very specific one of the 10 commandments, which means 80% of those 613 commandments are about how we treat one another. Only 20% of them are about how we relate to God. But I'll show you something that's so incredibly interesting here. And listen, we're getting into loving like Jesus. That's what it's about. But we got we got to understand what love is first. You know, if you have no definition of love, and if, or let me put it this way, if God is not your source for a definition of love, then the real truth is you're, you're going to think you're walking in love and you'll be walking in something Antichrist, you'll be walking in something that's demonic. You'll be walking in something that's sinful. You'll be walking in something that's self-destructive. You'll be walking in something that's hurting your family, hurting your friends, hurting your kids. And you'll say, no, but but I'm in love. So how, how could this how could this not be right? I'm walking in love. Well, how do you define love? Because if your definition for love does not come from God himself, 
then it's not love. It's something else. It's something subjective. It's something emotional that has nothing to do with what God teaches about love. But let me show you this. This is so very, very interesting. The word, actually the word judgment comes from this Hebrew word, mishpat. And what's interesting is in the Hebrew, this is talking about laws between men and other men. In other words, between human beings. And so he's saying, God is saying, I am giving you these statutes. I am giving you these instructions. First and foremost, I want you to know how to treat each other. Because if you don't treat each other right, you will have chaos. You'll have civil disorder. You'll have injustice. You'll have wickedness. And your nation will crumble before you, and you'll end up going into you'll end up going into captivity because you your, your nation will fall apart. Now the word statutes comes from that he, Hebrew word uh, chukum, which uh, it's interesting. This this is engraved laws, and I, I have a lot some opinions about why they're considered engraved. I'm not going to go into them so much right now, but these are the laws that govern how you relate to God. So again, we find that the commandments are not all about how to relate to God. Very few percentage-wise of the commandments are about how to relate to God. Instead, they're about how to relate to man. So God is not really that complicated when it comes to relating to him. Now, let me say this. The, over the years, and I've talked about this before, so I'm not going to go into, into great depth here, but over the years, when when um, when the children of Israel went into Babylon into captivity, one of the things that they did, they this is where they started taking the oral traditions and committing them uh, to to being written. This is where they developed the Talmud. Now the Talmud, anytime you hear Jesus or Paul or any of the apostles saying anything negative about the law or the commandments. They are never referring to the law of Moses, not one time. And the only time it comes close to talking about the law of Moses is when it's talking about misusing the law. And, and Paul says very clearly, he says, we know that the law is a good thing when it's used properly. If it's not used properly, then it becomes a bad thing. And so, you know, I don't really meet that many people that are using the law improperly. I meet a lot of people that are very confused about the law. I meet a lot of people who have legalistic tendencies, but uh, uh, honestly, the great problem that we have in America and in the world today is not that people are legalists as much as people are lawlessness. And in lawlessness, they reject the value of God's commandments. So basically, then uh, you've got a great portion of people who are Christians and who believe on Jesus and who probably are sincere in their heart. But the real truth is they reject God's definition of love. So they're not walking in love, even though they will fight and argue and, and you know, do everything that they can to convince the whole world that they, they're walking in love. But why? Just because they call it love. And so, so there are all kinds of things that are happening that are breaking down our civil society, our families, our, our judicial system, our economic system, all because we reject what God says is fair, what God says is just, what God says is love, what God says is mercy. You know, today you would think that uh, you're showing God's mercy 
when you just let a murderer off and, and you just say, well, you know, he can't help it. He was, he got that way because of society. Well, you know something, that is not God's justice. That is not justice to the people who, who had a family member murdered. That's not God's justice to children who will grow up without a father or without a mother. That's not God's justice to people who will grow up on the streets because they have no one to care for them. Uh, and so, so we come up with a subjective, emotional, uh, anti-law, antinomia. Actually, in the Greek, is anomia, antinomia. We have come up with this concept of defining good and bad, right and wrong, uh, uh, moral, immoral. And we do it totally independent of the word of God and base it totally on our subjective emotions. But God is telling you here, look, I'm giving you instructions about how to walk in love toward one another. I'm giving you instructions about how to walk in love toward your God. And I'm also, and we understand based on what was said in the commandments. It's just kind of interesting because people will bash the commandments and say, well, you know, the commandments are all about fear and God's all about love. Well, no, the commandments were about fear. And I, I have said that back in my early days as a young preacher. That's what I was taught. And uh, and I soon, I soon figured out that's, that's not what the Bible says. God wasn't trying to bring people in fear in the sense that that that's being taught. Uh the truth is, you know, you know, people talk about faith righteousness. And I have a great series on faith righteousness. So that the videos are are here on impactministries.com and you can get a great series about this. But you know, people people think that faith righteousness is something that began with the resurrection of Jesus. No, the truth is the Bible says that uh, the just, the righteous have always walked by faith. There's never been a time in the history of the world that anybody was declared righteous by their performance or by their works. I don't know, I don't know where we're getting all of this stuff that's not in the Bible, but we're teaching it as if it's in the Bible, and we're taking stands for and against certain things because we think that we're standing up for the Bible, and we're not. We're actually attacking the Bible, and when you start attacking the Bible, you are attacking the God of the Bible. Now, listen to this. We've been talking about love perfected because, and the whole reason that we've been talking about this is because there's so many people that want to experience this kind of love that the apostle John is talking about. They want to experience this love where, where they don't live under guilt and condemnation. They want to experience this kind of love where when, when these negative emotions and feelings of failure and all these things come in, that they're able to deal with them and not sink into condemnation, not sink into the expectation of judgment. By the way, that's what condemnation really is. More than anything, condemnation is just the expectation of judgment, the expectation of being punished. And amazingly, sometimes people, don't even, they're not even sure what they're going to be punished for. They just have this feeling of guilt and failure that, that they really, really can't describe. And, um, and that, that's a horrible way to live. So the Apostle John talked about how that perfect love passed out fear and that we can have boldness in the day of judgment. That word judgment is the word condemnation. But sadly, that's another one of those places where that whole concept of love being perfected is left out of that quote, is left out of that verse. And so, so you very, very rarely hear anybody teach that when love is perfected, you'll have boldness in the day of judgment. You just hear people say, well, God loves you, so you're not going to have fear because, because love casts out fear. No, it doesn't say love casts out fear. It says perfect love casts out fear. So 1 John 4, 17 says this, love has been perfected among us in this, that in the day of boldness, 
or excuse me, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment or condemnation. So in other words, when, when condemnation comes, we want to have boldness. Now it says this, it says, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love and perfect love cast out fear because uh, fear involves torment. And he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Now, see, we have reversed this whole concept. We, we, we've totally twisted this. And, and we have said, if I believe God loves me, then I will not have fear. No, that's not what it says. That is part of it. You do need to believe God loves you. And we're going to talk about the fruit of love uh, in next week's uh, thing and show you how the, how the fruit is something that grows in you effortlessly. You don't have to make it grow. It's not about dead works. It's not about working it up. And we'll go into that. And we'll talk about how you come into the fruit of love uh, uh, really just in, in a way that is so sweet and so effortless that it's just hard not to fall in love with God. But anyhow, so he goes on to say, he says, so, so he who fears has not been made perfect enough. So we realize here that the problem here is not that uh, God doesn't love you. The problem is not that you don't know about the love of God. The problem is that love has not been perfected in you. If you have guilt and condemnation, you know, when you do something evil, when you are unkind, when you refuse to walk in love, you should feel bad about it. That's your conscience. That's not the Holy Spirit convicting you. The Holy Spirit can convicts you, or that word means convince, convinces you that you're righteous because Jesus is righteous. The Holy Spirit convinces you that Satan has no power over you because he has been because he has been cast out. In other words, everything that that John says uh, uh, the Holy Spirit will convince us of is just the opposite of what we have been taught. Religion teaches us all this negative stuff, and 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 we believe it. We think that conviction is the Holy Spirit making us feel guilty for the places where we fail, for the places that we have shortcomings. No, that absolutely is not true. But it talks about the fact here that, that we shouldn't have condemnation uh, if love has been perfected in us. So there is, there is this place of walking with God, and there is this place in experiencing the love of God where uh, because we're experiencing the love of God, we're, we're not going to have condemnation. Now, the Bible talks about in Romans chapter 8, and we're not going to go there for the sake of time. I, I cover this more in my series than I have time to go into in this video. Got about six hours of teaching and go into great detail uh, there. And I'm telling you, if, if you're going to be teaching this stuff, if you're going to be ministering this stuff, you want to get you want to get those. Plus, that's a lot of how we finance uh, taking the gospel to the entire world. You know, one of the things that we're doing around the world we are raising up Bible schools all over the world to raise up ministers who will go out and start churches and make disciples. And so our goal to raise up 1 billion disciples around the world. And so, you know, when you, when you purchase these series from us, or when you purchase my books or my materials, uh, a large portion of, of all of that, of all those proceeds, about 85% of all those proceeds will go toward taking the gospel to the ends of the earth and raising up disciples all over the world, making it possible for, have these, for us to have these videos on all over the world. So also, let me say this. I would like to encourage you to consider becoming a world changer with us because as a world changer, you're, you are contributing directly and every penny you give will go into outreach, will go into helping people, will go into raising up these disciples of the world. I got to tell you, 
we're spending we're spending piles of money around the world and we need your help uh you know we don't beg for money a lot we don't play a bunch of of, of spiritual manipulation games to get people to give we just let you know we're reaching the world we're raising up disciples we're doing what jesus said to do and uh and, and we want you to help us do it so you know what consider going to impactministers.com check out go to our page about uh about world changers and consider becoming a world changer with us and it'll tell you a lot about operation 1b and in there and and uh uh man i would just love to have you on there with us now so here in john john 4 first john 4 he is talking about the fact that if or when love has been perfected then we'll have boldness even when we're facing condemnation so you see that we want to have we want to experience uh, uh this realization that i'm not walking alone we want to experience this realization you know what i'm being unkind because if we don't then number one that tells us that either we don't have the spirit of god in us or we have a hard heart we have hardened our heart and we are refusing to walk in love and so i i don't ever want to get to where i have no awareness of it when i sin you know so so we're not talking about having no awareness of sin. We're not talking about having no awareness of unkindness. We're not. And I don't know about you. I don't want to be that way. I don't want to treat my wife and my kids and my friends and the people I'm, I'm involved with in ministry. I do not want to treat them unkindly and not realize it until, until their feelings are hurt and I've destroyed the relationship. I want to sense it before they do. And I want to be the one to go to them in love and and I want to be be the one that's willing to to work it out, to reconcile it, to solve the problem, make them feel valuable and precious, and make them feel make them feel loved by God. And so so you don't ever want to be at the place where you have no awareness of wrongdoing, but at the same time you don't want to be in the place where you live under condemnation. You know, Hebrews uh, chapter 10, verses, I don't know, 25, 26, down through there, it, it, it talks about the fact that if we willfully sin, that to receive knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sin, but a fearful looking for of condemnation, which shall devour the adversary. Now, what's interesting there is that scripture does not say that God is pouring condemnation on you. Now, that's, what, that's how we interpret it. That scripture says we start expecting this we start expecting judgment we start expecting punishment because that's what condemnation is and so and so it is a natural thing if you've got a righteous nature if you've been born again you've got a righteous nature it is a righteous response to have an awareness of your failures but you don't want to go into condemnation and start picking yourself apart start fault finding and you don't want to come to the place where you are living under the expectation of God hurting you or God punishing you. You know, nobody, nobody can live that way. So when love has been perfected, you are able to move past condemnation. You're able to let your heart experience the love and the forgiveness and the mercy and the kindness and the grace of God. And you're able to come out of that problem. You're able to walk away from that unkindness and from that sin. Now, uh, interestingly here, though, we will take this scripture where he says, okay, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in the world. And so somehow or another, and I've done it, I have done it myself in years gone by, we take that scripture and say, okay, and we make a confession, I am 
as he is in the world. Well, whoa, whoa, that's not what the scripture says. It says that when we, when love is perfected in us, when we have boldness in the day of judgment, and you go down through here and you keep reading all of these other scriptures about, about how we stay free from torment and how that uh, we are connected to the love of God, then that is the evidence that we are as he is. Now, the Holy Spirit is a witness. Now, keep in mind, a witness is not somebody who shows up and lies to the jury for you. So the Holy Spirit is not going to come in and say, hey, oh, you're just like Jesus. Oh, man, a lie. You have no reason to feel guilty about anything. You have nothing to deal with. You don't ever, don't worry about treating people bad. Don't, I know you cheated on your wife, but hey, everybody makes mistakes. Don't worry about it. You know, I, you know I've, I've had people say that to me as a pastor. You know, I pastored for uh, over 30 years and man, I would have people say, well, you know, no, I didn't commit adultery. I just made a mistake. Well, your mistake was adultery. And yeah, and you're destroying your marriage. You're destroying your wife. You're destroying yourself. You're destroying your family. You're destroying your kids. And if you think that's just a mistake, I can't help you. That's sin. And that sin still has the wages of death. And so a person, if we are not living like Jesus, then the Holy Spirit can't be a witness and say, no, listen, I want you to have confidence because you know what? You walk in love just as he walked in love. You are sharing the same kind of unconditional love that he shared. You are kind to those who don't deserve it. Now, here's a, here's a, this is where the universal law of the seed comes in. You know, I've, got a, I've got a book that'll be coming out, I'm not sure when, on the universal law of the seed. It's going to be a part of my Heaven on Earth series, which is where we're, I'm teaching all about the kingdom of God, all the principles of the kingdom of God. And Jesus says that, uh, that uh, really, if you don't understand the law of the seed, you will never understand the principles of the kingdom. And so, and so in the law of the seed, the law of the seed is governed first and foremost. And you're going, you're going to be amazed how many hundreds of times the law of the seed is referred to in the scripture. But the law of the seed uh, it, it says, you know, whatever you sow, that's what you reap. In other words, you cannot reap in your life what you don't sow. Now, some people say, oh, you're talking work. So you're talking about earning something. No, I'm not talking about earning something. I'm talking about the only thing that's going to grow in your life is what you believe in your heart. And so when you sow love to other people, when you treat people in kindness, when you show mercy to other people, when you, you know, whenever uh, you build other people up and you encourage other people and you find the best in other people, even when they don't deserve it, the amazing thing is when you don't deserve it, it's going to be easy for you to receive it from people and from God. The people that will not receive encouragement when they need it are the people that don't give encouragement to other people. The people who do not receive God's mercy when they need it are the people who don't give mercy to the people because they are not loving like Jesus. They are not treating people the way Jesus taught us to treat people. Now, listen, he has a reason for us wanting to treat people the way he teaches them, uh, the way he treats them. And we'll talk some more about that in just a little bit. But I am telling you, uh, this thing about love being perfected in us, love being perfected means it has brought me to this place. It has brought me to this goal. It has brought me to a lifestyle. And that lifestyle is that I have received God's love because I have believed God's love. 
and I believe God's love, uh, uh, and and love is growing in me, and love is working in me, and I'm taking love to the world around me. Listen, uh, be sure and join me next week, and share this with everybody you know that's struggling with their whole love walk. Share this with people you know that are in condemnation, and you know what? No matter where you are in this condemnation process, start Start planting the seeds of love and mercy and kindness in other people's lives. Start seeking God to develop that in you. And you know something? Your heart will change, and suddenly this seed will start growing in your own life effortlessly. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Impact Ministries World Changers Podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website from previous broadcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.